Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. <laughs> Doctor! Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, good Thursday, everyone, and welcome to 97.3 The Fan. Coach John Cantera with you at 12 to 3, Monday through Friday. And, of course, a reminder tonight for all you high school football fans, we'll be on the air. Braden Sopranner, yours truly, will be on 9 to 11 tonight. Uh, with our high school football show, and uh, we'll have uh, a couple of head coaches on uh, tonight uh, from the uh, participants tomorrow night. And again, uh, tomorrow night will be our first uh, game on uh, 97.3 The Fan. Now the Padres season's over. will be both on 97.3 The Fan plus Radio.com. And, of course, with Radio.com, you can get our games anywhere in the universe. And, again, uh, just download it. Uh, tomorrow night, a great matchup. We'll have uh, Carlsbad. Uh, coming in with a 4-1 and one mark, taking on the Torrey Pines Falcons. I'll be back at my alma mater tomorrow night. Uh, the Falcons uh, sitting with a 3-2 and two mark. Tonight we'll have the head coach of Carlsbad on, Thad McNeil, and the head coach of uh, Torrey Pines, uh, Ron Gladnick. So uh, hopefully you'll tune in tonight between 9 and 11 if you're into uh, high school football. Hope everyone having a great uh, Thursday. Uh, we're going to get into this Padre managerial search. and uh, Amazing. There are so many unbelievable candidates for this job. And now I know Mickey Calloway got fired this morning by the New York Mets, and that wasn't a big surprise. Gabe Kapler may end up getting fired uh, in the next couple of days there in Philadelphia. But now we have seven managerial openings here uh, in Major League Baseball. And, you know, I, I look at this list of the Padres. I'm going to go through it here in a second. But you know what? There's no way they can not hire a good baseball man. I mean, I've been talking, and I, I do believe where the Padres are at right now, and I think all of you would agree with me, you need to hire a guy that does have experience. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with some of these guys with experience. I mean, with the Mets opening up, maybe Joe Girardi gets that job, maybe Buck Showalter, maybe Joe Madden. If the Padres ended up not hiring someone with major league uh, managerial experience, I still think there are a lot of great candidates out there. One of the candidates we haven't even talked about is Sandy Alomar Jr., who's been a longtime uh, coach in the big leagues. He's been a bench coach. Uh, he's been in uh, uh, Cleveland, I think, since 2010, now working with uh, Terry Francona. Uh, we've heard Mark Loretta's name uh, for the Cub job, the Padre job. We've heard Phil Nevin. I heard uh, Brett Boone this morning. Uh, when I was uh, out and about early this morning, I heard Brett Boone uh, singing the praises of one Phil Nevin. Phil Nevin's a great baseball man. I know a lot of you know Phil Nevin from his playing days, a rough, tough, gruff guy. 
But Phil Nevin's a great baseball man. You, you think about his pedigree, how he came up through the college ranks at Cal State Fullerton. He was coached exceptionally well there. Guys like Augie Garrido, George Horton had a tremendous influence on him. And then all the years playing in the big leagues and you know having his best years here in San Diego under Bruce Bochy. And, and let me tell you, I was in the Padre clubhouse a lot in those days. And, and I know a lot about Mark Loretta. I know a lot about uh, Phil Nevin. I know a lot about uh, Mark Kotze. His name uh, popped up last night. Uh, and all three of those guys are exceptional baseball people. And, and you look at Mark Loretta. Mark Loretta, after his playing days, he took a job here in San Diego working in the Padre front office, going down to the minor leagues, working with players. Uh, he was at spring training, but he worked in the office. And he knows the organization inside and out. He's only spent the one year with the Chicago Cubs. And Mark Loretta is a smart guy, a real smart guy. And then you look at Nevin. Nevin uh, uh, is, uh, worked in the Tiger organization. He worked in the Arizona Diamondback organization. He spent one year up there with Bruce Bochy, who's his third base coach, and the last couple of years now the third base coach of the New York Yankees. Phil Nevin, Mark Loretta, at some point in time, are going to be major league managers. Now, last night, I didn't know where he was at on this. But, you know, I'm watching the game last night. And, by the way, congratulations to Tampa Bay. That, that was an outstanding performance last night, uh, taking down the Oakland A's in their own ballpark, 5-1. to one. They ripped four homers last night. Yande uh, Diaz uh, uh, hadn't hardly played, and it was in like a 2-for-24 slump and hits two opposite field home runs last night uh, in that ball game. And they move on now to take on the Houston Astros. Uh, a good ball game. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But when the game was over, I was trying to finish up preparing for the show today, and again, you're always preparing, and you know, I get in here an hour before, and I'm writing down notes and writing down about Mickey Calloway, but last night, it pops up on Twitter that Mark Kotze is interested in managing. Now, Mark Kotze is another guy, kind of like Phil Nevin, came through the Cal State Fullerton program, had a really nice major league career, had a couple of different stops here in San Diego, and, and then ended up being the Padres hitting coach after he spent some time up in the front office. And Kotze went up and uh, for a couple of years was the bench coach for Bob Melvin. And because of a family situation back here in San Diego, he wanted to have a little bit more flexibility. And he's still working uh, with the Oakland A's right now. And Mark, I think, would be an outstanding major league manager. The thing that I like about all three of these guys, and Eric Hosmer talked about it yesterday in the paper, and I read it again last night. You want somebody that walks in the clubhouse door and has instant credibility. I'm going to tell you, if you don't have credibility when a guy like a, a Mark Kotze, a Phil Nevin, or Mark Loretta walk through the front door, then you know what? You need to do a little history lesson, my friend, because those guys played a long time in the big leagues. They played for uh, some of the best managers in baseball, and they've got a tremendous uh, pedigree, not only in baseball, but a great pedigree with the Padre organization. What direction they're going to go, I have no idea. And again, I do think they need to hire someone with experience. Now, yesterday, they interviewed Rod Barajas, and I, I think that's fair. Rod Barajas has been a, a good trooper with this organization. He's been with the organization now six years. He managed three years down there in El Paso, won three division titles, did a hell of a job, very well thought of by the Padre players. I know, I know, they only went one and seven. You know, I saw people on Twitter on the weekend when they got beat over in Arizona one to nothing. Well, Rod Barajas, you could cross him off the list. 
Hey, Rod Barajas is going to be a major league manager, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, it may not be in San Diego, but Rod Barajas is definitely going to be a major league manager the way I see it. So they interviewed Rod Barajas. Uh, we're hearing that they're going to interview Mike Sosha. And again, Sosha's pedigree is fantastic. He came up through the Dodger organization. Uh, you know, Tommy Lasorda loved Mike Sosha. Then he spent 19 years with the Angels, their manager, won that 2002 title. He went uh, 1,650 and won 1,428. The guy's a winner. And the thing that I like about Sosha, his teams are always very, very aggressive. There was no better baseball team for those 19 years that could go from first to third and second to home. I mean, they always push the envelope. I think that would be a great guy to talk to, and apparently the Padres are going to talk with him. Uh, Buck Showalter, 20 years in the big leagues as a manager, uh, has never won a World Series, but he's done a great job of taking young ball players and developing them into uh, major league players. And one of those players is Manny Machado. Uh, the other names on the list we've talked about, you, you need to at least make a phone call to Bruce Bochy. And Bochy's probably going to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks going to take the year off, spend time with the wife, the family, but you have to at least make that call. I think they need to make that call just for you and me out there because we want to know, is Boach interested? And again, I'm not a big believer you bring a guy back for a second run. I mean, we see it in football sometimes in college where coaches, you know, they had great success. They move on somewhere else. They come back, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years later, and it's never really the same. But I do think you have to make that phone call to Bruce Bochy. You have to talk to Joe Girardi. You have to talk to Ron Washington. A.J. Preller has a history with Ron Washington, having worked with him in Texas. And then I, I really think you got to figure out what Madden's doing. Is Madden now going to be in uh, line for this job with the New York Mets? Probably. Probably. But would he rather be in sunny Southern California, maybe managing the Angels? We'll have to find out. Uh, and, you know, there are other names out there. This morning, John Heyman uh, threw it out there that the Padres are going to interview Brad Osmus, the former uh, Tiger manager and former uh, Angel manager of one season. You know, I was looking up Brad's numbers today, and he went 314 and 332 with uh, the Tigers in four years. And, and you take a look, in 2014, he went 90 and 72. They won the division that year and then were swept uh, three straight by the Baltimore Orioles, managed by Buck Showalter. In 2015, they finished in fifth place, which is last, 74 and 87. In 2016, 86 and 75, second place finish, didn't make the playoffs. And then his final year in 2017, uh, and it was becoming a rebuild at that point in time, 64 and 98, uh, last place in the uh, American League uh, Central. So, And then uh, this last year they finished in fourth place uh, with the Angels. We know about all the struggles with the Angels, so 72 and 90. So we're going to get into that. I want to get to your phone calls today. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Our two guests today coming up at 135. Uh, or I should say at 1235, Jay Paris from Forbes. We're going to talk about the uh, Padre managerial search. We're also going to talk about Billy Epler and the Angels with Jay. And then at 135, uh, we got a great guy. He's a Bronco insider from KOA in Denver, uh, Brandon Cristal. Uh, we're going to talk Denver Chargers, and we're going to talk Colorado State Aztecs with him. So we got a, a big show. When we come back, I'm going to share with you why October 3rd is such a big day in the life of Coach John Cantero. We'll do that next, right here 
on 97.3 The Fan. 12.19 the time. Coach John Cantero with you at 3 o'clock, and then we'll get you a little bit of uh, Gwen and Chris. we got an unbelievable football game tonight. I cannot wait for this game tonight. You've got the uh, Rams trying to uh, uh, atone for what happened last uh, Sunday at the Coliseum where they got uh, run off the field by Tampa Bay 55-40. to They're going into century link tonight against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored, I think, right now by about a point and a half. Uh, Russell Wilson playing great football, maybe the best football he's played in his NFL career uh, so far this year. Doesn't have a lot of weapons around him, but that defense is playing well. I saw uh, Jadavian Clowney last weekend running back that uh, interception uh, of 27 yards for a touchdown. And the Rams trying to find their running game. They, they fell behind real uh, early in the game last week. They only ran the ball 11 times last week. You can't uh, throw it as much as Jared Goff is throwing. And when you got to throw it all the time, you're going to uh, turn it over, and Goff turned it over a ton last week against Tampa Bay. Okay, I want to share with you uh, why October 3rd is such a special day in my life. Uh, Ten years ago today, I had a heart attack on a Saturday. I, I believe it was about 5 a.m., and I'm going to tell you kind of what led up to it a little bit. Um, number one, I was working way too much. I wasn't working out. I you know, was eating a lot of ballpark food, not uh, you know, getting exercise in. I was doing 17 radio shows a week. I was doing a five-day-a-week uh, daytime talk show from 2 to 4, uh, from normally from the ballpark, sometimes from studio if the Padres were on the road. Um, and then I was doing the pre- and post-game show Monday through Friday, and I was doing the pre-game show on Saturday. And then also Saturday mornings, I did a two-hour show with Bob Scanlon called the World Baseball Network. And uh, so, you know, I was just working too much. So I got home from the ballpark. And what's interesting about this, Tim Flannery and Boach were in town. It was October 2nd on uh, a Friday night. And then I had the heart attack the next morning. So I'm down on the field uh, Friday night and talking to Flan, and uh, he was hitting fun. Goes like, "Hey Flan, I'll see you tomorrow night." He goes, "All right, coach, see ya." So uh, I go and you know do the pregame, do the postgame show. I went home, and in those days we used to do the postgame show until midnight. No matter you know what time the game ended, we went to midnight. That's just what we did. So I get home, and I had a show the next morning. It was going to be our last World Baseball Network show because there were only two days left in the season, the third and fourth. The Giants were playing the Padres both of those days on Saturday and Sunday. So we were having a guest, Frank Wren, who at the time was a, uh, an assistant general manager of the Atlanta Braves. And I wanted to stay up when I got home at about 1 o'clock. I, I stayed up till about 2 because I wanted to prepare to interview him. So I finally go to bed about 2 o'clock. I wake up, and uh, I felt a little... A little warm on my forehead and it was at five o'clock so I walked downstairs I got a glass of milk and a glass of water and it just didn't feel right and went back to bed got up at about 8 30 took a shower got cleaned up headed down to the station and I can right now I can see Bob Scanlon's face when I walked in because normally I would get there before Bob and I got there at about 15 minutes to 10. Our show was from 10 to 12. And I, a lot of you listened to it. It was a very popular show. In fact, it was the number one uh, show uh, on uh, morning radio back in those days uh, uh, on AM radio. Um, and, you know, that's 10 years ago. So I walked through the door, and Bob looks at me. He goes, hey, big man, it's nice you could show up today. And I said to Bob, I go, Bob, I don't feel real good. I don't feel good. He goes, well, what's wrong? He, and I told him, he goes, well, do you have any you know, radiation down your arms? I go, no, I just don't feel right. So Aladdin Bail Bonds was our sponsor, and we had to do all these ad-libs during the show. And when Bob would do his, I would just lay my head down on the table and stick my arms out, and I just wasn't right. And then I'd suck it up and do my ad-lib, you know, 15 or 20 minutes later. So when the show gets over, 
you know, I'm going home because that night, for some reason, I wasn't going to do the pregame show. I was going to do a talk show with Dave Roberts and with Randy Jones. So I get home, and I'm resting a little bit. I'm watching the Stanford-UCLA game. Or uh, UCLA, yeah, Stanford-UCLA game. And uh, my wife goes, you know, I think we better go to the hospital. I go, no, honey. I go, I want to do this show with Dave and, and Randy tonight. And I go, the paramedics are really good at Petco. If I don't feel well, I'll go to, uh, see them, and they'll, they'll take care of me. She goes, nah, I think we're going to go to the hospital. So all of a sudden, I'm on my way to Scripps Hospital. And uh, I get up there, and I'm there for about 45 minutes. And the doctor uh, comes in as I'm laying on a gurney and goes, uh, Mr. Contera, you've had a heart attack. And I, I, any of you folks out in the listening audience that have had a heart attack, and it's a, a terrible feeling because I felt like I let down everyone, my family, my friends, my listening audience, because I didn't take good care of myself because I was working, 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 and was always worried about what I was going to do the next time I was on the air. And so, therefore, I'm laying there, and I'll never forget my wife and my youngest daughter were there. My oldest daughter hadn't gotten there yet. And uh, they ran me uh, through uh, a couple of other tests, and then they go, we're going to take you into surgery. And I'd only been at the hospital for about 45 minutes, and they said, we're taking you into surgery. And I'll never forget, uh, when I was laying on that table, and many of you have had surgery um, for a variety of different things, and you're laying there on the table, and they got the light over top of you. And, you know, I had all kinds of thoughts going through my head. I'm, am I going to be okay? Am I going to survive? You know, what surgery? You know, I, I didn't know anything about this. I'd never had any problems before. And uh, so the doctor comes in, uh, a guy by the name of Dr. Martin Charlotte, a top-notch cardiologist, cardiologist here in San Diego. And uh, as he comes in, I'm laying there. You know, I'm pretty nervous. He goes, hey, John, I heard you talking about the Toronto Blue Jays this morning. And he had been out uh, with friends. I don't know if he was golfing or what, but he had listened to the World Baseball Network. And the next thing you know, I wake up in intensive care in uh, Scripps Hospital. That was October 3rd, uh, 10 years ago today. And i got to tell you, the reason I'm sharing all this, this was a big day in my life because it changed my life in a variety of different ways. I was off the radio for five weeks. I probably could have come back. Um, physically within a couple of weeks, but I needed that extra time because I wasn't sure really where my life was headed at that point in time. Uh, I spent some time in Yuma, Arizona trying to recover and just uh, chill out a little bit, and I'll never forget, that was a couple of weeks after I had the heart attack, and Kelly and I were going into a movie, and my cell phone rang, and uh, it was Bruce Bochy. And Bruce Bochy goes, hey, coach, I wanted to call and uh, check on you and see how you're doing. And at that time, he was already with the Giants, but they were in town when uh, I had the heart attack. And, you know, I never saw him on that Saturday or Sunday, obviously, because I was in intensive care up there in Scripps. But that that was the first time that I knew that Bruce Bochy and his family had had some heart issues. But, you know, he just called to check on me. And to this day, I can't tell you, there's not a day that goes by wherever I go, especially when I go to Petco Park, that one of you fans out there doesn't say, hey, coach, how you feeling? How you doing? And, you know, I want to tell you, I feel great. I'm, I'm so energized by everything that's going on in my life right now. Being at this radio station has been a true blessing to me. I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm just glad that 10 years later that I'm here, I'm healthy, and able to sport, uh, talk sports each and every day. So I wanted to share that story with you. And uh, the outpouring uh, from you fans and from people uh, involved with the ball clubs here in San Diego and Southern California, uh, I'll always remember it and treasure it uh, because
because uh, a lot of you reached out to me in a variety of different ways, and, I, and 10 years later, I want to thank you again for that. Uh, we got to get to our show today. Uh, Braden, last night, the uh, American League wild card game, uh, what were your thoughts on that game last night? Well, Yanni, Yanni Diaz really uh, set the tone last night to the first uh, first. Not first pitch he saw, but the first at bat, you know, put one over the fence. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was the Tampa Bay Rays being able to hit a lot of home runs at a ballpark mm-hmm. that you don't really hit a lot of home runs at uh, that time of night. And you know what? Uh, you know, the manager of the A's after the game was talking about how, you know what, Manai only gave up four hits, but three of them were home runs. It's kind of a situation, especially hitting those home runs in our ballpark, where you just kind of tip your cap. It just kind of wasn't our day. But nine straight losses for the uh, Oakland Athle- Athletics and uh, elimination playoff games, that's got to stink. Well, my, my thoughts on that, and I definitely have an opinion. And Billy Bean's a friend of mine, the general manager, president, owner, whatever his uh, title is nowadays. We played together here for a summer when we were kids uh, growing up in San Diego. And, uh, you know, Billy's a tremendous talent, done a great job up there. But, you know, they still have the money ball theory where, you know, you want to walk homer or they strike out a lot right they don't do a lot of base stealing they don't do a lot of moving runners up they play the strictly the money ball philosophy and see i think money ball in a 162 game schedule you can do that because you're going to face a lot of you know middle relievers guys that you know left-handers that throw the curveball and you know just uh you're not facing the, the number one number two or number three guy and you get to the playoffs it's a whole different dichotomy and that's why i think the oakland a's have really struggled they don't do the little things you know hit and run steal a base move that runner from second to third with nobody out drive a ball to the outfield with a, a runner on uh, uh, second base and, and nobody out to get him over to third so maybe a ground ball or a fly ball will score him on the next hitter they don't do the little things therefore i think that's one of the reasons they're 0 and 9 in their last uh, uh nine uh, elimination games but hey tampa bay last night charlie morton was not great he did not have his great stuff night but he was able to gut it through five innings they got the uh, four homers and yandy diaz that was amazing last night i mean this guy hadn't hit a home run since the middle of july and he hit two and not only did he hit him he hit him opposite field yeah absolutely and uh you know the thing with the tampa bay rays is they got a very good bullpen um uh, you know we saw it come down here they they basically had a bullpen day almost every single night against the padres <laughs> and came in here and uh you know whipped the padres around but that that's just what they're built on they got about 10 to 11 pitchers that are all studs they only get about an inning in them um you know, each time out, but that's just how they they built this team. I'm I'm curious to see how they do against a lineup in the Houston Astros. It's very loaded with Bregman, Correa, Altuve. Um, you know, a, a really tough lineup. Tommy Pham uh, said after the game, he was talking about how you know I think we match up well with the uh, with the Astros. The only thing that they'd have a slight advantage on is their offense, but I think we uh, you know we're obviously good enough to beat them. Uh, no player is ever going to think they're not going to be able to beat the team that they're going to play next. Um, but I'm curious to see that series play out. You got a team that's built on bullpen pitching and openers going against a team that's high-powered offense like the Houston Astros. And we got two uh, great ball games today uh, coming up uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. The NLDS Game 1, St. Louis and Atlanta. Right-hander Miles Michaelis on the hill for the Redbirds today. Only 9-14 and 14 on the year with a 4-16 ERA. Going against the veteran left-hander Dallas Keuchel, 8-8 eight and, eight and a 3-7-5. And then tonight at Dodger Stadium, NLDS Game 1. Washington going with left-hander Patrick Corbin, 14-7 and seven on the year in a 3-2-5 
going against a young right-hander Walker Bueller, 14-4 and in a 3-2-6. When we come back, Jay Paris from Forbes is going to join us. I want to get his thoughts because he knows these guys very, very well. He was covering the Padres when all these guys played here. We're going to find out what Mark Loretta, Phil Nevin, Mark Kotze, or Brad Osmus would bring to the table if they were named, uh, one of them was named manager of the Padres. We'll also talk a little bit about the Angels search with Jay Paris as well. Coach John Cotterra is getting warmed up. Thanks for joining me. We're going to 3 o'clock today right here on 97.3 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Twelve thirty-seven. the time. Coach John Cantera going to 3 o'clock. Thanks so much for uh, joining me. We're going to get out to your uh, phone calls here shortly. Again, if you'd like to dial me up today, uh, give me your opinion on who you think the Padres ought to go after uh, for their next manager. Love to hear from you. We've got a lot to cover today. Also, want to remind everyone, if you're a high school football fan, make sure to download the Radio.com app today to listen to our Thursday night high school football show and our Friday night high school football game of the week on your smartphone, no matter where you are. Well, uh, we also got Coach's Corner coming up here at about 12.50 as well. But right now we're going to head out on our newsmaker line, uh, longtime friend, great guy, longtime writer, working for Forbes now. Jay Paris joins us on 97.3 The Fan. Jay, how are you today? Hey, you play Little Rolling Stones on that bump music coming me in. You know, that that gets me going. Let's go. Coach. Uh, I'm sure up. I'm sure you were in uh, the first or second row of several Rolling Stones <laughs> concerts over the years. Uh, you know, they, they always deliver, just like you, 12 to 3 every day, Coach. I appreciate that. Uh, let, let's start with the Padres, because I do want to get to the Angels a little bit, uh, because what goes on here could affect what goes on there, and, and vice versa. we got seven managerial openings right now in Major League Baseball. And, and, Jay, I wanted to talk to you about some guys that you know and know real well because you were covering the Padres, uh, you were at spring training, you're in the clubhouse, you're in the dugout, uh, you were there morning, noon, and night. I want to start with Mark Loretta. Mark Loretta, after his playing days, took a job in the Padre front office up until this past year where he was the bench coach of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, talk a little bit about what you think Mark Loretta would bring to the table as a skipper here in San Diego. You know, his career was interesting that he was a pretty good player, but really reached another level when he was with the Padres, had some of his best seasons. So he's a guy that's played with success, maybe a little over his head, but was also the ultimate grinder when he came up. And, you know, he was a bench coach right there with Joe Madden the other day, uh, this last season. And, you know, to show his fiery nature uh, the other day, he got suspended <laughs> for, for getting on the replay headset and telling the guys in New York uh, they missed another call. So, you know, he's intriguing. <laughs> he, he, he's certainly a local. Uh, you know, he's got that front office experience. He's got that connection with, with A.J. Uh, he's been a player. Uh, I, I guess the one mark would be he hasn't managed yet. And uh, I'm not sure if the Padres want to overlap this go around. Well, and let's go to the next two I have, and then I'm going to get to Brad Osmus here, uh, number four. But Phil Nevin, uh, uh, we know Nevin. Uh, he's gruff, tough, uh, but really a teddy bear, I think, inside that chest muscle. 
Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's always got that grumpy look on his face, and you'd always be a little apprehensive going up to him after a game. But win or lose, just like Trevor Hoffman, just like Tony Gwynn, just like all the great players in any sports, he was there on his stool waiting for the questions, and he'd give you a good answer. You know, there's probably uh, the guys we're going to talk about, he's the most ready. I mean, he's, he's interviewed with the Marlins. He's interviewed with the Padres back in 2015. He's interviewed with the Nationals, interviewed with the Diamondbacks. And when he didn't get the Diamondbacks job, you know, Tony LaRusa, pretty good guy to give you a recommendation, he said he was almost the most major league ready of the guys. He's coached and managed uh, teams to championships in double-A, triple-A. He's been Bruce Bochy's third-base coach. That's pretty high praise. And look, Gary's in the playoffs with the Yankees, uh, waving in runners from third is there. So, you know, local guy, knows the landscape. Uh, I think that would be a popular choice. He, he certainly paid his dues to get to where he is now. We're visiting with Jay Paris from Forbes uh, talking about the Padre managerial search. I want to throw Marcotte's name out there because, you know, he has a lot of the same qualities, I think, that Phil Nevin does. He just hasn't managed yet. Right. You know, 43 years old, uh, had some great years with the Padres. He's done about everything but manage, you know, quality control, bench coach, been in the front office, hitting instructors. So I think he would be uh, have empathy for all those positions and all those men working under him. Uh, wherever he's gone, whatever he's done, whatever level, you know, some things come back, you know, knowledge and communication, knowledge and communication. He seems to click with people, and uh, he seems like he, he's ready for that next step. Again, they would have to get over something that they haven't in all their managerial patterns uh, since going back to Jack McKean in the late 80s. That's hiring somebody who hasn't managed before. That seems to be the, the reputation or the, the trend the Padres have. Uh, can they do that one more time? If they go to Brad Austin, they wouldn't have to worry about that. We're visiting with Jay Paris here on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, Brad Osmus has managed four years in Detroit, the one year up there with the Angels. What does Brad bring to the table? He brings uh, uh, Ivy League education, which, you know, the, the Brainiacs are running baseball now. That certainly uh, uh, lights a fuse. But more than anything else, uh, Julie Ketcher for you know, 20 years or so, just one of the more cerebral players in, in the game. And uh, as a manager, you know, he, had, uh, he, he won right away in Detroit. Uh, he was on the back end of the front end of a, of a rebuilding job. Uh, he, he's been fired two of the last three years. Now, now can people get over his last, you know, possibly? He, he's certainly a bright light, and he certainly knows the Padre landscape. Uh, he, he got dealt a tough hand up there in Anaheim this year where he lost 90 games, something that Mike Bursley hadn't done in the previous 19 seasons. So, uh, you know, there, there'd be a little buyer beware, I think, of just uh, his lack of success of late. But some of that, when you're managing a rebuilding team, uh, the W's aren't going to be there. Ask Andy Green about that. Hey, uh, Jay, I want to ask you about some of the veterans. I want to start with Bruce Bochy. I mean, do you think the Padres should at least uh, make a phone call to Bochy and find out where he's at? Absolutely. Uh, your job as a general manager is to, to overturn under rock, every <laughs> look under every rock, if you will. I mean, this is an organization that let A.J. Hinch get away, and he's you know he's won a title of the Astros and, and is a favorite to get another one. Let Bochy get away. He won three in San Francisco. Huh. Let Doc Roberts get away. He's in his third straight World Series. Let Bud Black get away. You know, went to the playoffs his first two years with the Rockies. They had a stinker this year, but a good baseball man. I think you ask everybody. I, I think this is such a critical year for this franchise. I mean, the 2020, uh, 20 is more than just 2020 vision. I mean, that's been the, the marker, the Padres, the organization, the front, the front office. Everybody has put out that we're going to contend. We're not just going to play 500 ball. We're going to, you know, go for a playoff spot. Well, 
that's pretty uh, high cotton for a, an organization that's had nine straight losing seasons and 11 of the last 12 on the wrong side of the ledger. So this is a huge hire. So uh, to do your due diligence, I think you'd have to ask everybody, uh, would Boach do it? I don't know. I, I think he might <laughs> he might take a, a year off and, and enjoy the fruits of the, his great career. But uh, would I ask him? Absolutely. You know, everybody's been saying, and I, I do believe the Padres need to hire someone with experience. I mean, whether it be a Sosha or Buck Showalter or Ron or uh, Joe Girardi, Ron Washington name has been uh, thrown out there a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the guys we mentioned, Loretta, Nevin, Kotze, uh, those three, I know those guys well, and you know them well. And I would feel comfortable with those guys running a ball game because I know those guys aren't going to be pushed around, and they're always going to be well prepared. Yeah, but you got to look at it too. How's uh, AJ Preller looking at this? You talk about somebody on a hot seat. That thing's got to be sizzling. Yes, he's proven he, he could build a farm system in, in almost every uh, respected uh, publication in baseball or a rating system gives the Padres two thumbs up. But can he build a major league roster? Can he build a winning roster? You know, so far that needs to be proven. And and uh, Mr. Fowler was pretty. Uh, uh, pretty serious the other day when he says heads were going to roll if, if something didn't come around in 2020 so i i think it, the dynamics is really interesting coach do you want a, a gruff tough coach who, who's going to run things his way when you're the general manager and we certainly know how much the general manager has an input now uh, on that first step of the dugout if you will i mean they're sending down lineups whatever or does he want somebody who uh, would be more of a subordinate to him thinking, you know, this is my last year. If I'm going down, I'm going down my own way. So it's uh, just another dynamic to this uh, decision that's uh, critical, really, for the Padres and as they go forward. I want to jump up to the Angels. Uh, you've spent a lot of time the last couple of years there in Anaheim. I know you grew up as a kid uh, not all that far from the ballpark, so you followed the Angel organization uh, since you were a, a toddler. Uh, Mike Sosha, I've always held in very, very high esteem. Talk a little bit about what you see in Sosha, because he definitely uh, wants to be back in it. And from what we hear, the Padres are going to interview him. Yeah, he's, he's that old school guy, but I think he's adapted to the, the new wave of thinking, the analytics, if you will. Him and Jerry Depoto certainly uh, they went at it pretty good. <laughs> and uh, Jerry lost that power struggle, and now he's up in Seattle trying to, you know, in that long uh, postseason streak of 18 years, not getting the playoffs. So, you know, Mike, he, he was really a National League manager in the American League uh, uh, uniform, if you will. He, he played the Dodger way of baseball, if you will. Get a guy on, move him over, and get him in. You know, however way you got to lay a punt down, whatever you got to do, hit and run. So, you know, the game has changed, but I think Mike has changed with it. And uh, yeah, his communication skills are off the charts. That you don't last one place for 19 years unless you've got a pretty good handle on, on how you handle a clubhouse. And he's uh, very fluent in Spanish, which I know is a, a big factor with the Padres and, and their Latin players. So, you know, a year off of recharge, Mike Socha. Uh, the guy's a gamer now, and, and people respect him, and he's going to give you everything he's got to try to win every single night. Jay, if A.J. Preller's on the hot seat down here with all this uh, uh, great young talent that everybody uh, tells us about, Billy Epler's got to be on a real, real hot seat right now. Yeah, that thing's sizzling up there. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> you know, happiest place on earth is down the street, but uh, I'm not sure his back sides and skills the same way. Uh, San Diego guy, Billy, he grew up down here, loves his Chargers, and he grew up with the Padres, actually. But, you know, he needs to do something. And, uh, you know, 
Artie Marino is a great guy, and he lowered beer costs, and everybody loved him. But he's also, you know, heading towards 74 years old, and he wants to win now. You got to remember, he wasn't uh, his hands weren't on the wheels when they won, they won it back in 2002. That was a Disney uh, production. So Artie wants to win, and he wants to win now. Instead of extending Billy Epler's contract recently, he get, picked up the one-year option. So that tells you you got to produce. And you know, last last off season, uh, Billy misfired on a couple of guys. Cody Allen was a bust at eight million dollars. Brought in Matt Harvey for $11 million. He gave you a 7 ERA and 3 and 5. And, and Trevor Trevor Cahill, our buddy here from Vista, he was going to be a starter. He ended up getting demoted to bullpen. So, you know, it's a team that's got the best player in the in the digs. And Mike Trout and probably the most talented player is Shohei Otani. But it's been a familiar refrain that they, they need starting pitching. And, and let's be fair here, that, that the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs, that, uh, you know, that was a black cloud on, on the second half of the season that I don't know any team could – could overcome, but uh, Billy has to produce, and uh, he has to do it pretty quickly. And let me let me ask you right now, point blank: If you were AJ Preller, who would you hire right now? Of the managers available, who would you hire? Bucky Showalter. Uh, I think he's been with the Orioles. He's been with the Yankees. He's been with the Diamondbacks. He's uh, built teams up to a championship level. Of course, we know the story that those teams usually win the title the year after he leaves. But you know that means he's left that cupboard with a lot of goodies in it, and. Uh, I just think he, he's seen everything. He, he's not going to get rattled. He certainly has a relationship with Manny Machado, his only manager there with the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, he's got a relationship with A.J. I mean, they were the Texas Rangers together. So I think uh, A.J. could have a trust factor in Bucky that maybe he may not have with the other candidates. A.J., great stuff today. Thanks so much for the time. Keep up the great work out there. You know, that new name there, the Padres were going to mention from the managerial, I, I think it was uh, Coach Quintero. You know, remember, they hired Jerry Coleman, so maybe they can bring you out of the booth, Coach. What do you think? Well, you, uh, you know what? I would be willing to talk to him. Okay. <laughs> I thought you had to talk to everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. You never uh, turn anything down. You always listen. All right. Go get him, Coach. Cheers. All right, Jay. Jay Paris, a longtime writer working for Forbes right now, doing a great job and really put a great perspective on all the candidates we talked to him about. Uh, and most of them uh, don't have managerial experience, but they do have Padre ties. Hey, quick NFL note uh, just came down. Vontez Perfect, uh, his appeal uh, for a suspension going to be on Tuesday. He'll get an opportunity to visit with the uh, folks at the NFL uh, uh, headquarters. So uh, there, uh, we'll find out if he uh, is going to get that thing uh, cut down to where he can play a little bit more in 2019. But right now, gone for the season after that hit last weekend on Indianapolis's Jack Doyle. Uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, I want to get out to phone calls. I'm going to give you the phone number right now. You can get in line, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Jay Paris likes a Buck Showalter. Not a bad pick. You know, if it was either Socha or Showalter or Girardi and you wanted an experienced manager, I would be okay with that. I, I like I like both those guys, or all three of those guys. But, you know, Socha, because I watched him manage a lot here with the Angels, I really like what he brings to the table. And, and Showalter done a great job of bringing young players along. And Joe Girardi's worked with young players as well as those superstars with the New York Yankees. So, uh, boy, the Padres, I'm praying that we get uh, one of these guys that's going to be a difference maker here. Let's get over to Braden and get to Coach's Corner. Coach Cantera breaks down the biggest stories in the world of sports. Right now, that was the adult in the gym. In the Coach's Corner on 97.3, The Fan.
Let's get into it. Uh, you're talking about the NFL, so my first story for you is uh, NFL-related. Melvin Gordon is definitely going to be part of the Los Angeles Chargers game plan Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Could also be the team starting running back, Coach Anthony Lynn said on Thursday, although the Chargers do not want to overdo it. With Gordon, who returned to the team uh, last week after an extended holdout, Lynn told SiriusXM NFL Radio that the two-time Pro Bowler will have a role Sunday against Denver. Gordon, of course, ended his 64-day holdout last Thursday when he reported to Chargers and was active last Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. He didn't play too much, though, as Austin Eckler and uh, Tremaine Pope uh, got all of the uh, reps in that game. With Melvin Gordon uh, being available to play, how much of an impact do you think Gordon will have on Sunday, and how long do you think it will take him to get back up to speed after sitting out? I think it'll take him a, a little time. It'll be good to give him a, you know, maybe a seven to ten touches on Sunday. Uh, we'll see where he's at. You know, I watched a lot of him on the sidelines last Sunday, but you know, he's had it'll be a, you know a week and a half of practice. He ought to be fine. But again, it's all about the timing. But a guy that's played as much as him, it's only going to take him a couple of, of plays, get hit, and he's going to be right, right back in it physically and mentally. Number two. Let's get to the uh, hockey as hockey has started. Oh, Ve- you love this story. The story is great. Vegas Golden Knights winger Ryan Reeves expressed some disappointment that San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane will miss their first two games of the season because of a suspension. Kane, of course, earlier this uh, week was suspended for three games due to an outburst against an official over the weekend during a preseason game against the Golden Knights. Reeves and the Knights take on the Sharks in their first two preseason or their first two games of the season. One of which will be in Vegas, while the other is in San Jose. Other players on uh, Sunday, uh, but Reeves said he did not understand why uh, they would say, why uh, Kane would say what he said about how the NFL ref- or NFL, NHL referees are treating him differently uh, than other players. This is what Reeves had to say on the matter. What's your reaction to Vander Kane getting suspended and that he won't be on the ice tomorrow night? Poor Vander. Um, poor Vander. So tragic. I wish he was on the ice. It's always more fun when he's on the ice. Do you think that there's any legitimacy to what he said about being treated differently than other players? No. I don't really know. I don't understand why you would say that. I think just the way the ref um, tried to break things up and ended up taking him down, he felt like he was victimized. Well, yeah, he's he's weak. He's taken down by a ref. It happens. You've got to get in the gym, no? So, Coach, do you agree with Reeves? Do you think Kane needs to get in the gym? And how about hockey players just uh, calling some people out? No, I don't think he needs to get into the gym. But, you know what, we're going to have to take a look at that schedule and see when they match up again when Kane will actually be on the ice. Uh, Against Reeves, that should be a a fun time. Let's get on to our third story. Number three. On to uh, Jacksonville where we got the – Gardner Minshew mania is in full effect, and now they're now hoping to benefit off of this as well, the Jaguars are. Team is counting on the rock star status of rookie quarterback Gardner Minshew, as well as his headband and mustache, to help pick TIAA Bank Field by offering what it's calling uh, the Minshew Mini Pack. It's a package of tickets to the team's next two home games versus New Orleans on October 13th and the New York Jets on October 27th. This includes a bandana, a mustache, and an opportunity to get a photo taken on the field wearing the gear. Ticket prices range from $41 to $600. Uh, other people have embraced Minshew's wardrobe. They're wearing jorts, headbands, and aviators, and his 1970s-style mustache. Coach, are you buying in on, the Gardner, on uh, Gardner Minshew, and uh, when are you going to start repping the bandana and jorts? Well, I don't think I'm going to be uh, doing either, uh, to be honest with you. But I will tell you this. I like him. 
I enjoyed watching him play at Washington State. It's a great story. I was telling my wife about it the other day. He actually was supposed to go last year and be a graduate assistant for uh, Alabama and Nick Saban. Then Mike Leach calls and says, hey, come uh, come to Pullman. You'll lead the nation in passing. You know what? He did lead the nation in passing. Now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL and doing a hell of a job right now. Number four. Uh, a more sad story. The Air Force Academy's Falcon mascot, Aurora, died Wednesday, the school announced. Ooh. The bird, which made national news last year when she was abducted in a prank, was 23 years old. Aurora was a white phase uh, Euro falcon, a falcon species that is extremely rare in the wild, according to the school's falconry program. She served as the Academy's mascot for more than two decades. Uh, nice job for Aurora. Nice little uh, stint, of course. Uh, and uh, we will miss her greatly as a live mascot. But, Coach, do you have a favorite live mascot? Uh, well, you know, I always liked Ralphie the Buffalo there uh, with uh, Colorado, Bevo with Texas. So those are probably my, my two favorites. That's it? Yeah. I like Bevo as well. I, I Those are the be- those are probably the best two. You don't like any of the Bulldogs down the SEC? Uh, well, not necessarily. But, you know, the Georgia Bulldog's pretty cool, and he'll even uh, reach out and bite an opponent from time to time. That's true. Well, you better watch out for the Bulldogs on the sideline. Or Bevo when he's trying to attack one of the Bulldogs. Uh, that's it for today's Coach's Corner. And this one is over. That was the Coach's Corner. All right. Uh, when we get into hour number two, we're going to open these phone lines up. Uh, I've given you a lot on the Padre managerial search. Uh, I want to hear from you. Uh, who, who are you favoring right now? Who would you like to see be the manager of the San Diego Padres? Our phone number, 833 288 0973-833-288-0973. And we're going to get into these two ball games tonight as well. Coach John Katerra, 97.3 The Fan. Thanks for downloading the John Katerra Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.